Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hi, Sean. Nice to be here. Yeah, always a pleasure. Let's uh, let's toast here. As we start off the uh, episode here, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. We are celebrating, of course, our victory over Rocks Across the Pond, Scott. Yeah, we're smart at European curling, obviously. Yeah, more more smart than a guy who lives there. Yeah, I think uh, he was a little biased, you know. And <laughs> yeah, he picked England. They had, they had <laughs> to many, pick England. Too many England picks. Yeah, so uh, good for us. But this beer, Sean, I don't know if it's the best. It's better than what we drank last year, Scott. You're darn right it is. You're darn right. It's a uh, a beer from Regina. So shout yes. out to all of our Regina listeners. Love Regina. I, uh, sir, I lived there for a couple of years. Beautiful place. Lovely people. So You uh, live there, Sean? You I never d- talk about <laughs> it. I know. I never talk about that. Uh, you know, I'm a doctor too, Scott. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so if you missed it, Scott went on to Rocks Across the Pond with Jonathan, the professor of Peel to talk about the European Championships and our bad beer bet that we made with them that we, of course, won, Scott. I'm going to take a lot of the credit for that, given that you and Ryan tied and I beat Jonathan. Yeah, I, I just sort of did what I had to do. <laughs> you know, I kept us in the game. <laughs> so uh, so if you missed their recap of the European, certainly go check that out. Also, they talked with, uh, now as we're talking, Scott, I forget the name, of the the person who's who does uh, curling shoes, custom curling shoes, which was yes, a, Craig. A, yeah, Craig. A really interesting interview with him discussing his process and the type of shoes that really work well for custom curling shoes. So if you have not checked that out, certainly head over to Rocks Across the Pond. Really great episode overall, I think, Scott. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I was listening to the the part with Craig talking about shoes, and then it transitioned into Jonathan and I talking. Yeah, all of a sudden, you're on the show, and I was like, "Whoa, jeez, uh, oh, I gotta stop. You can't listen to your own voice, right?" <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so thanks to everybody who followed us along or followed along with us during the Canada Cup last week. It was a lot of fun. I certainly enjoyed it. It's got some late nights, but uh, totally worth it. It was some overall good curling, even if the three of the four playoff games were a little underwhelming. Yeah, well, I, it's, you always see uh, good curling when you've got the, the best teams in Canada there. Yeah, so overall, uh, a great event. And uh, now, Scott, we look forward to the next Grand Slam as the Grand Slam of Curling Circuit returns to Conception Bay South out there in Newfoundland, about, about a 10-minute drive from St. John's as a... Uh, the rental car place told me when I was in St. John's earlier this year, you can get anywhere in 10 minutes. So uh, <laughs> let's call it 10 minutes from St. John's. I think it's actually a little further uh, over there in Conception Bay South. But the Boost National is making its return to Conception Bay after it was there last year. So big crowds. It was sold out last year. I know the curler, certainly Brad Gushu, is excited to be back. But the Grand Slam of Curling is returning a week later compared to last year versus the Canada Cup. So what do you expect just in general, Scott, for this week? Well, Sean, hearing that it was called the Boost National, I made a joke. Oh, maybe there's there should be like an amateur spiel call sponsored by Ensure that happens at the same time. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, nobody found that really funny. It's mildly amusing. Except me. I was the only one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, Sean. It's the same format as all these other spiels. The, uh, what we've decided to do for this, uh, rather than preview all the teams, because everybody knows all the teams, right? Oh. It's all the same. We're, we're going to do things that'll make you watch the Boost National. Yeah. Like, so, so we've each come up with three things to look for. During the Boost National, the one thing I'll say though, just in general, as an as an overview, is that the invites for this event were sent out immediately after the Tour Challenge, so the Tour Challenge results had not yet been calculated into the World Curling Rankings, which right. means that no American teams were invited because none of them were within the top fifteen. After the Tour Challenge, though, a couple had entered the top fifteen. So it's this really interesting dynamic, to me at least, that all of the American teams who were at the Tour Challenge, both Tier 1 and Tier 2, made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that got them some points. But the calculation for who gets invited to the National was not done in time to allow for that to influence this event. So we have no American teams, which certainly since the start of the podcast, Scott, is the first Grand Slam that we've had with no American teams in the field. That's right. That's pretty uh, pretty shocking, really, given the great results that the American teams had. Uh, I'm reading here it was the top 14 men's and women's teams as of November 5th. So, like you say, before that uh, yeah. uh, last event was finished. And uh, then one sponsor's exemption on each uh, the men's and the women's field. It's hard to tell who that is, though. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm having it. trouble. Yeah. So, uh, so as I said, each of us have come up with three things to look for this week. Scott, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first with a kind of more general thing to look for, and that's uh, I want to see the performance of Nicholas Adin uh, coming off his very dominant European Championships. Mm. The yeah. team Adin basically walked through the the world's. I don't think they lost ever by. Well, they didn't lose. I don't think they won by less than uh, three or four points in any game. Yeah. Uh, nothing was really close. Uh, so the real dominance there. And after they they'd had an okay season at the other slams, but nothing it, like not even close to winning. Haven't made a final uh, or anything. So uh, I want to see if they bring the kind of intensity that they showed at Europeans yeah. or if they sort of come over and, Oh, you know, like we'll sort of get this under our belt and ease into the holiday season and sort of prepare for worlds in April. Yeah. It's a long gap though, right? Yeah. Between those two. Now, of course, Nicholas Dean will be playing in the continental cup. They will be playing in the Canadian open. So they do have a couple events in January, mm-hmm. high level events in January, even if the continental cup is kind of a fun take it easy type spiel they do have a couple of events to look forward to but yeah it is interesting right that they were so dominant at the europeans after struggling a bit yeah early in the season and, and struggling relative to what we would expect from nicholas adine uh, in terms of struggling so it, it will be interesting to see how they come out here uh just in general though all of the european teams scott they have all been in europe for a bit, right? None of them sure. have been back since the European Championships because there's been not much to play in. Mm-hmm. So all of them are coming over. Actually, Jason, uh, the Hong Kong skip, tweeted today that he bumped into Team Mowat 
uh. at the airport as they were flying over. Right, because so, he was coming back from that world mixed doubles qualification event. Yeah, That's which right. unfortunately they did not uh, qualify for the Worlds. Yeah, tough go. They missed the playoffs on uh, tiebreakers. Yeah, so uh, just barely pool. missing out there. But uh, but they bumped into them in the airport. So all these teams are coming over specifically for this event. So it, it will be interesting to see how they react to that. Now, of course, Newfoundland is not BC in terms of time change. Sure. So it makes that transition a little easier for them. But in general, it's, it's rare for these European teams to be coming over for a single event. Now, some of them, I, we haven't checked the schedules for all of them. Some of them may be staying for a, a cash wheel afterwards. I'm not sure. But it, it will be interesting to see how these European teams approach this event. Sure, sure. So is that one of your things you're looking for or something else? No, it's not. All right. So uh, the first thing that I wrote is a Brad Gushu at home. I, I want to see Brad Gushu at home. The crowds are going to be uh, very full. They sold this event out last year, but in draws where Brad Gushu was not participating, a little lighter sure. in, in the stands. And so people were buying full event passes, but only showing up to Brad Gushu events. That was certainly the case during the day mm-hmm. uh, that, that the Gushu games were full. The other games were not. So I'm curious to see how Brad Gushu uh, reacts and, and plays at home. I'm certainly a, a proponent of picking teams when they're at home. That has been my move in the past uh, with Brad Jacobs, for instance, to great effect. So mm. it'll be curious to see. Last year, it felt early on that they felt a bit of pressure to be really good at home. We certainly saw that during the Briar when they were at home. They struggled early in the week, and it took them a while to get used to sure. being that team, which is strange because, as we've said in the past, wherever Brad Gushu goes, he's a crowd favorite. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, but but there is that extra. It's just a different thing because the, the other team, certainly people like Cooey, Botcher, uh, McEwen, etc., cetera, uh, the teams out west, they can have a lot of cash spiel, big events, where they're at home, right? Where they're sleeping in their own beds, if they choose to do that, and uh, Gushu doesn't have that opportunity nearly as often as the other teams. Right. So it's it's just an overall strange experience for these guys to uh, to not be on the road. Now, of course, a couple of them are on the road when they go to St. John's, yeah. but it's just an overall different experience. So I'm really curious to see how it is. I am hopeful that they do well in this event. Because it's more fun when the home crowd is really into it and and really rooting for that home team. And if they have a nice, deep run, that place is going to be loud. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's the main thing that I'm looking forward to is watching the games where Brad Gushu is playing. Because I think the hop's just going to be jumping. Yeah, just uh, looking at the schedule, Sean. The hop's going to be jumping. I don't know what that means. The place is going to be jumping. Uh, The place is going to be. You're probably thinking of hopping. And jumping and jumping at the same time. You you're pretty excited, uh, yeah. as, as you should be. I looked at the schedule there. Uh, Brad Gushu playing four evening games this week. They're they're starting on Tuesday night yeah. at the seven p.m. They do have one five p.m. draw because I think the women are on uh, all the sheets at nine o'clock that night or whenever whenever they've sorted it out. So, uh, yeah, it, they'll be in prime time, and the folks from CBS will be uh, jumping, jumping, yeah, jumping. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a really good time. And they're in a pool, too, Scott, I think that helps them overall. I, I, it, as we say with all these events, there's no real walkovers here, but if you're looking at the pool in general, 
they're there with Matt Dunstone, Kevin Cooey, Scott McDonald, and Ross Patterson. You would think that Gushu should get two wins out of that at least. Yeah. Uh, three and one, definitely possible. Four and oh, certainly in play for them too in that in that pool. So uh, a playoff appearance, you'd certainly be surprised if they don't get it. And uh, certainly a great job there by the organizing committee that Friday night, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, you get Kui Gushu. Yeah, it'll be good. I think the 9 p.m. is local time, so 7.30 in the East Coast, uh, Eastern time zone. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, I was thinking the other yeah. way around. So the folks out there in Conception Bay, they're going to have some time after the uh, the afternoon whistle blows and work <laughs> is out to get nice and warmed up for that game Friday night. Lubricated, Scott. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, for sure, uh, good planning by the organizing committee for that speaking of some you know head-to-head matchups something i've got my eye on sean uh in the women's side team holman fresh off their canada cup win uh and team hasselberg fresh off european championships uh are in the same pool in this event yes and they play against each other uh the the last draw there on friday um, I think it's it's not the 9 p.m., but it'll be the one before. Right. Uh, and, like, very good idea by uh, the organizing committee. These team the pools are seeded based on rankings, uh, but having these teams in the same draw, getting to see them play in the last game, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, it, it should be a good matchup. And I want to see, similar to Nicholas Adin, how he's dealing with, coming off a pretty dominant uh, Euros. Yep. Uh, these two teams, which we've billed as the best two teams in the world for a couple of years now, both coming off big wins, meeting head-to-head. I'm really excited to see that match. It'll be fun. So that game is Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, uh, the last draw that the women are on the ice right. for this event. Now, the one potential downside to this, though, Scott, is that if you look at the pool, the other three teams in this pool are Robin Silvernagel, who struggled big time at the Canada Cup and has struggled so far mm-hmm. this season. Uh, Elena Stern, who, very good. They're going to win a world championship at some point just because they're a Swiss women's team, yep. and that is what happens with Swiss women's teams. <laughs> uh, and uh, Yoshimura, the Japanese team as well. So those are three teams that, while certainly not walkovers, it, it, it's possible that both teams are walking into this game at 3-0. and Right. So in terms of playoff qualification, they will both be there. Sure. Playoff seeding, definitely it still matters. But in terms of qualification, if they're both there at 3-0, and does that take any of the steam out of this game? Um, I don't think so because I, th- I don't think they play often enough, and I'm not sure if they've played it all this year. They might mm-hmm. have at one of the other uh, slams, mm-hmm. but, but definitely Rachel Homan's team was not looking hot heading into... Uh, into the Canada Cup. Yep. That said, I did pick them to win. Uh, <laughs> but but they sort of, you know, have been ramping up slowly. And then having that big week out there in Leduc uh, and having the opportunity to play the next best team in the world, I don't, I don't think you can be down for a matchup like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not one of these... 
Oh, we play this team every uh, week. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Right, and it's different from, the say, the again, the Continental Cup, where they will play each other at the Continental Cup, but that environment is very different. Right. Right. So this is still a competitive space. Now, you know, at the Canada Cup, or excuse me, the Continental Cup, we have seen some games that have gotten mildly competitive, but the Grand Slam, for as much as we may rag on it at occasion, it is still a more competitive event. The teams take it more seriously than, than the Continental Cup. There's no question. Yeah, absolutely. So to see this event uh, or to see this game Friday night, I think it'll be a lot of fun if both teams say are two and one. Oh yeah, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, or somehow if they're both one and two and it's Ooh. an elimination elimination game, that would be a lot of fun too. But yeah, it's always good to see great teams play each other. Sure, sure. So uh, what's next on your list? The next thing I'm wondering about, it's not unrelated to your first one, but it's broader. That I'm wondering if there's going to be letdown for the big teams. Uh, You know, NBA coaches always say that there's four games that really worry them. The last game before Christmas. Yeah. The first game after Christmas. The last game before the All-Star break. And the first game after the All-Star break. This is the last event before Christmas yep. and a long layoff for a lot of these teams. So I do wonder if some of the bigger teams, the teams that don't need this as much, mm-hmm. if there's a letdown there. Certainly for the teams that won the Canada Cup, definitely, like John Epping. Yeah, like, there could for sure be a letdown. Right, yeah, Epping and Holman, like, do they really need this? I mean, we play at the Ottawa Curling Club. Holman has Grand Slam banners up. She's probably good, right? Yeah. And, and they just won that event. John Epping, same thing. They have their spot booked. They're good. Is there a letdown here? We've certainly seen that in the past where definitely in Olympic years where teams come back from the Olympics yeah. and the last couple Grand Slams are like whatever. So I, I do wonder that. Same thing with Nicholas Sedin. Tiranzoni and Hasselberg, both of them, after that European, European Championship, do they come in here with the same fire that we've seen before and if that is the case this strikes me as a great opportunity for teams like uh, Mash- uh, Mashimura, Schwaller on the men's side, mm-hmm. Yoshimura and Rana on the women's side to fill in that vacuum that could be created if these teams are just looking to play the games and just get to Christmas. Yeah it could be, it could be. Uh, I, I could uh, also say Eve Muirhead might be a beneficiary mm. of that. Uh, she was really fired up after they lost the uh, the Euro finals. She, yeah. was, she was really disappointed, as she should have been, because it took an amazing shot, an by, amazing shot. by Anna Hasselberg to win. Uh, that said, I could I don't see their team having a letdown coming into this. You know, Eve's getting back into it after yeah. a couple of tough years, and, and I really see their team uh, having a lot of fire for it. That said, what you're saying about the other teams, it, it makes sense, you know, uh, that, you know, okay, we've pu- we just punched our ticket to the Olympic trials. Where are we going? Conception Bay South? Yeah, what? right. Like, do, why, are, why are we doing this? Yeah. But, uh, so, so I take your point, and we'll probably know within the first two days of this event if, uh, yeah. if that's going on. Yeah, we'll know by Wednesday night what the teams are coming in with for this one. It'll be pretty, pretty clear. Uh, what their motivation level is coming into this event. And uh, it's just one of these things, Scott, that's it's really interesting to me to look at the schedule for the teams, what 
they book, what they don't book, and, and this one being a week later than it has been in the past, you know, you just get that extra week to Christmas, that extra break. You know, in my life, at least, in the things that I've done, it's easier to just keep going than to take that break and mm-hmm. then get going again. And now that these teams, certainly off the Canada Cup, have had this break of eight days, nine days, whatever it is, you know, just to, you got to get back up again, right? Mm. Whereas in the past, you go from the Canada Cup right to this event, you just sort of keep it going, mm. right? So that you, you've let your foot off the pedal perhaps for a week or so to try and ramp it up again could be difficult. So it, it, especially if there's not that much motivation to win this particular event. So it'll be a lot of fun to see how this plays out and maybe we get a surprise winner. So, you know, if you're in Vegas this week and you're looking at the lines, if someone like Yannick Schwaller is a plus 1500 winner on the board, might be worth throwing down 25 bucks. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, not a bad idea for sure, for sure. So, uh, what's your third one, Scott? So, I have a I have a, a couple for this, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Team Scheidegger okay. here. Uh, on Wikipedia, it says that Cheryl Bernard is going to play with them. Yes. And I thought that was the plan too. But on the Grand Slam of Curling website, uh, it says that Christy Moore is going to spare. And they're going to have somebody from the local area playing with them. Who did I say it was? You uh, said it was that Julie it was, uh, Devereaux. Devereaux, yeah. Julie Devereaux, that's right. Yeah, so Stacy Devereaux's sister. Yeah, that's right. Right, so you Stacy Devereaux's name you might know. She skipped Newfoundland and Labrador in the Scotties quite a few times. Uh, yeah, multiple it times. Goes for by sure. Curtis. Uh, yeah, Stacy Curtis now. Yes, uh, who you might know. Uh, so she's been there for the past few years. Uh, she's had some good records. I think she's won five or six games. Yeah, I think they're usually five and Scotties. six. Yeah, they're sort of a middling team, which is where Newfoundland and Labrador women's currently is right now. Yeah. Uh, but she is definitely the strongest one. Stacy is, at least. Uh, so her sister, obviously, a curling family. They've played a bunch yeah, together. They, they've played together at the Scotties, too. So, so Julie uh, is coming in. Yeah, to play lead. And, and Christy Moore... The lead going to skip. She used to skip, of course. Uh, yes, uh, and is a very experienced player. I, and what I want to know is, I want to see how this team plays. And we saw, of course, at the Canada Cup, Sean. I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, uh, Jesse Hoffen yeah. does didn't play all of the draws. Mm. Uh, she, of course, is also pregnant, right? Uh, and I think was experiencing some uh, morning sickness or. Uh, wasn't feeling up to playing all of the games, and we did see her sit for the morning draws when they when they had the morning games. Uh, on two girls in a game, they talked about this and said, if as long as Jesse played the majority of the games, they were allowed to have two spares because okay. most of the time at uh, curling Canada events, you need to have three members of the the original team right uh, playing. So. I, I, I want to know how they sort of work these logistics of switching their whole team around. Uh, you know, if they can get a win early under their belts, does it give them some confidence? Uh, we saw that at the Canada Cup. They got a couple wins early on and then uh, weren't able to sustain the momentum. So uh, I'm interested in the team dynamic, how things are since uh, Casey gave birth there a couple weeks ago. And and yeah, I just I just want to see sort of how this team... Uh, is are they just going to sort of cash a paycheck or are they going to try 
try to rally behind a new leader. Right. So just in terms of the schedule, yeah. the Grand Slam of Curling has done them a favor. If Jesse was having some issues in the morning, that they are playing their four games all at night. Oh, right. So on. they do not have a morning or even afternoon draw in this event. Uh, one game a day starting Tuesday. And all of them are evening games. So certainly the Grand Slam of Curling, intentional or not, has given them a bit of a favor there uh, for Jesse in that regard. And with no two-game days, hopefully that makes it easier mm-hmm. for, for her and that she can play in the four games because they're definitely better when she's on the ice. Oh, yeah. She, if she's out there making peels, uh, they're definitely better. Yeah, So, but no, it, it's a good point to see how they react. You know, we certainly saw it with Cheryl that they came out <laughs> guns a-blazing yeah. at the Canada Cup and then struggled through the rest of it. It's so hard when you have somebody new on the team and when this especially when the skip is out yeah you know christy's great right and as you say we've seen her skip before but it's just so hard to make sure that you're icing properly for people's releases calling the line based on how they throw and, and getting a feel for the ice when for the last while you've not been playing skip it's just so hard to do it and yeah we we saw we've seen it all season for them that they've been okay but it's just so hard when the skip is gone. And I wonder if uh, if uh, Julie Devereaux is offered to like host them. So, hey, right. you can come stay at my house as long as I'm allowed to play with you. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a pretty good. That trade-off. would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and hell, maybe we'll see Stacy at some point too. Who knows? Oh yeah, so, you know. Uh, the Newfoundland curling royalty will be out. Yes. Full force. Absolutely. Uh, so Scott, my third thing that I have on my list, I think we're officially on Jennifer Jones' watch. Here. Right on. Uh, yeah. You know, I love Jennifer Jones. She's been around almost forever, it feels like. But it's it's at the point over the past calendar year now where there, the questions, as I said when we talked about at the Canada Cup, the questions that exist about Jennifer Jones, I'm going to be the last one, right? You, yeah. know, you know, if you've ever been to a funeral where... You, know, you throw dirt on the grave, which happens at funerals. I'm the last one in that line yep. to, to do that, 100%. But I, I do think I'm, I'm starting to wonder about what Jennifer Jones' future in the, in the game is and if they are still a super competitive team. You know, mm. They missed the playoffs at the Scotties. They, so far this season, at the big events, like the big TV events, they lost in the quarterfinals to Yoshimura in the Masters, they lost to Nina Roth in the quarterfinals of the Tour Challenge, which they needed to get into through a tiebreaker mm-hmm. at the Tour Challenge. And, of course, they missed the playoffs there at the Canada Cup. So I'm. it's hard to say that Jennifer Jones needs to prove anything at this point in her career because, of course, sure. she doesn't. She doesn't. But given that the next time we will see her is the Canadian Open and then it's right into the Manitoba Scotties, just for me, as someone who is a giant Jennifer Jones fan, I would love to see them build some momentum into this, into that Manitoba Scotties, because that field is loaded. Oh, yeah. And they're going to need a really good week to get through the Manitoba Scotties. And I want to see them start to figure this out as a team. Yeah. One of the, well, the other thing that I had written down, Sean, was Jennifer Jones, Carrie Anderson, same pool. Yeah, 
I wanted I wanted to see that matchup between between those two teams, given that it might be the last one before we get to the Manitoba Scotties. Yeah. And we all know Jennifer Jones had Carrie Anderson's number for years and years. Yep. And that tide has turned. For sure. It seems like Carrie Anderson now they've she's got confidence that she can beat Jennifer Jones. And uh, I think that game this week could be a, a pretty good litmus test for, you know, psychologically where the Jones team is now versus the, the Anderson team. Yeah, it's a nice preview of what we will see at the Manitoba Scotties. Of course, the Manitoba Scotties does the triple knockout format. So it's possible that they don't play each other at all. That's true. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, but it's likely that they will at some point run into each other, yeah. whether it's an A final or in the playoffs, uh, something like that. And they play each other in a draw four on Wednesday, Wednesday evening. at five o'clock. Yeah. So that'll be a, a, certainly a fun game to pay attention to. Tracy Fleury is all the way over in pool C. So right. uh, as the other Manitoba team, who we would expect to make some waves sure. in that event. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the watch is on. Yeah, so uh, so that's what we're looking forward to here at the uh, National at Conception Bay. I had to check my notes for the name of this thing. Uh, as we There's so many of these. It's oh, the always, Boost National, Sean. It's so easy to lose track. So we'll get into the picks now. As always, we will pick four teams each, men's and women's. You get one point if your team makes the playoffs and an additional point if you get the winner correct for a grand total of 10 points if you are perfect for the event, Scotts, uh, based off of what happened at the Canada Cup, we are tied for the season. I think so. I don't. I don't have my sheet in okay, front of me. Okay, so let's start with the uh, women's teams. Is that what we have in front of you? Uh, I can. Okay, so we'll go with the women's teams first. I will make my picks first, as I have have I have them written down here. I'm going to go with Sylvana Tiranzoni, Rachel Homan, and Chelsea Carey to make the playoffs. The reason for those picks, Scott, is that it's so hard for me to handicap Pool A. Uh, so mm. Pool A is Carrie Anderson, Satsuki Fujisawa, Jennifer Jones, Eve Muirhead, and Team Scheidegger. That pool, I have no idea what's going to happen at all. I am so confused by those five teams that it, any of them can go 4-0, and and I'll be not surprised. And then go 0-4. And, and I'll be like, yeah, okay, fine. That makes sense. Sure. Too. So so I'm staying away from Pool A because of that. So I'm going with those four teams of Tiranzoni, Hasselberg, Holman, and Carey. And I'm going to go with uh, Hasselberg to win the national. Right on, Sean. That's uh, that's a pretty good pick. I am I'm going to go uh, all in on Pool A. Okay. Uh, give me Eve Muirhead and Carey Anderson Ooh. to make the playoffs. Uh, from Pool B, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Holman. I think they can do it. And give me Tracy Flurry out of Pool C. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna go with Eve Muirhead to win. I think wow. she's got the fire back. Uh, like you say, she's uh, she's been off for a bit. You know, uh, uh, give me Eve Muirhead. Can you you write this down for me so yep. I can put it in later? Yeah, I'm writing it down for you. Great. And I'll go first with my men's picks because I know you've already written them down. I have. Uh so I was thinking about this. I want to take I want to take Mike McEwen to make the playoffs. Okay. Um I'm looking at his pool and I think they've got a pretty good shot. Glenn Howard, Bruce Mowat, John Epping and Peter DeCruz. 
Uh, all good teams, obviously, but uh, I think I think McEwen can do it. Okay. Uh, give me Brendan Botcher, Nicholas Adeen, and Brad Gushu. Okay. And I'm gonna pick uh, I'm gonna pick Nicholas Adeen to win. All right. I'm going always, two Europeans. Yeah, always a good bet there. So I'm going to be a little different though. I'm gonna go with Bruce Mount to make the playoffs. I feel differently about that pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with McEwen, Howard, Epping, and Cruz, I think Mallet's the class of that uh, pool at this point. So I'm going to go with them to make the playoffs out of that pool. I'm going to go with Kevin Cooey because I think uh, Brad Gushu is the other team. I'm also picking Brad Gushu to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think those two are the class of that field with Dunstone, McDonald, and Patterson. Big time. So I'm going to pick the two of them to come out of that pool with the expectation that one is 4-0 and and the other is 3-1. Mm-hmm. And then my other pick is going to be out of Pool B. I'm going to go with Nicholas Adine. You could certainly talk me to Brandon Botcher for sure. Yeah, You could probably even talk me to Brad Jacobs. Uh, but that is a three-team pool, with all due respect to Matsumura and Schwaller. Uh, those, all three of those teams should beat those other two, which gets them to 2-2 two and two at the very worst. Yeah. So hopefully... Uh, if that if that goes the way we would expect, I'm gonna go with uh, Nicholas Adine to come out there. I'm gonna go with Brad Gushu to win. Hometown, I love team. picking the hometown teams to win this event. So that's who I'm going with. Right on, Sean. Uh, definitely not a bad pick. Uh, I I always worry about teams playing at home. You know, I think uh, oh, they might be a little you know too wrapped up in what's going on around around the, the event. It's definitely happened before, but uh, you know, I've also had good success picking the home teams. So there you uh, go. we'll see how it goes. So there it is. Certainly check out the Boost National Sportsnet's coverage starts on Thursday as per their want over there at Sportsnet to let the uh, first day or so of the event go uncovered on television. So we're going to miss... That great uh, Jones-Anderson game. We are going to miss the Jones-Anderson game, so we'll have to uh, pay attention on Twitter. Uh, A lot of folks will be there in person. Twitter spiel. And certainly, if you have not, go over to Curling Zone. Make your picks for Fantasy Curling. Scott and I will be making making our picks over there as well. You can compete against us. You get to pick three men's, three women's teams within the budget that you are allotted and each team has a price that is associated with them. So certainly go over there and enter your teams into Fantasy Curling and see if you are better than us, which so far, Scott, has not been difficult. Uh, I've, I've been pretty good. I, I think I've been around 100. So like mid, middling? Like uh, top halfway, third. Halfway. Top third. <laughs> so certainly check that Just out. Just a thin top third. <laughs> thin third, yeah. So uh, definitely check that out over there at Curling Zone and, and make your fantasy picks. We'll be back with you next week after the Boost National to talk about all the goings on there from Conception Bay South. But in the interim, of course, if you have not, please do subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Stitcher, all the various places where you can get your shows. Give us the likes, ratings, keeps the show going, and give us a follow on social media at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Scott is at those things at Scott Likes TV. I am on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And as always, you can email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com or check us out at Game of Stones Pod.com. So we'll be back with you next week. Enjoy the Boost National from Newfoundland. And until we talk to you again, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. 
Make the final.